All right. Well, good morning, good day. Hi. Thanks for tuning hey, in to Leesburg Talk Podcast. Hello. Howdy ho. Howdy ho. If you're listening, uh, we are starting well today. Um, if you're listening, we are sitting around the table, and it's a normal gang plus Todd. So it's Todd and Courtney Vaughn, Zach, Hello. Matt, Sammy, and myself. Uh, how's everyone doing? Good, awesome. Good, good. Great. Good. Good, good, good. Judging by the laughter, we are enjoying Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> we are sitting in Sammy's office in Cynthia. Uh, 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 so, uh, look, we're, we are messed up with our dates as far as we're a couple weeks. We're recording this two weeks ahead of release date. But if you're listening, understand that last night, many of us were up late watching the most uneventful Football game, ever. Yeah. This is Super Monday. This is Super Monday <laughs> because it's <laughs> not as boring as Super <laughs> Sunday. Right. Yeah. They did have that uh, kick that like broke records. The yeah, punt. that that punt. What was Whatever. sixty? Sixty-five five yards. Yeah. It's amazing. Sixty-five yard punt. It rolled like twenty-seven. Yeah, I, mean, I right. think was the statistic <laughs> yeah. I saw. Yeah. 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 I was like this. Gladys Knight. Was the best part of the Best part of the whole thing. Yeah. That got my attention. Yeah. She stepped out to sing the national anthem. I was like, whoa, hello. Yeah. Pay attention. That was cool, but I'm I'm thinking about a butterfly tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Adam Levine taking his shirt off got Dr. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I went and got some more nachos. (laughs) (laughs) Nacho shirt. Nacho. All right. Well, uh, well, good. So Super Bowl Sunday was uneventful and fun. Um, what else is going on? Well, we had church this weekend. Church this weekend, and it went well. <laughs> Do you have church, or are you the church? Another philosophical debate. Yes, and yes. <laughs> don't start with this. <laughs> don't, don't start with me, Dan Harris. <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyway, if you're in the South, you're having church. <laughs> yeah, that's all there is to it. Well, you know. I thought I thought it was a good weekend. Yeah, it was a good weekend. We had a we had a great band, great songs, okay drummer. (laughs) (laughs) Saturday we had a great drummer. Yeah, we did. Saturday night we had a great drummer. Yeah. Sunday morning we we had had a great bass player. Sunday morning we had to call in the uh, the B team, the like D D team, team. I think. Uh, No comment. (laughs) (laughs) But we had it. You introduced a. Wonderful new song this weekend, Maddie. I really did yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, it's a great song. What was it? the name of it again? Stand in Your Love. Stand in Your Love, yeah. yeah. I like that song. That song's been in my head for I know. I've been singing it. full week, people. It's been in a lot of people's heads, I think. Is it on K-Love? I think so. Wow, cool. Wow. I didn't know that, actually. I didn't either. Clearly, I Somebody told me. <laughs> so then I ran with it. Who's I had to by? ask about that, because when it's I by a guy named Josh Baldwin. Uh-huh. He does have, some songs for Bethel. I took a little video of that and put it on our Instagram, and he liked it. Well, I how about that? And said, hey, thanks, Josh Baldwin. No way. Yeah. He, like, replied to it. And Famous. I know. Well, we're so cool. So do we have to, like, send him a check now or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're giving him free advertising. Oh, okay. Well, technically, we paid him when we used his True. CCLI. He's number. getting all kinds of royalties from us. <laughs> You're welcome, Josh Baldwin. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> like and comment on this podcast, Josh. All right. Well, so there you go. There you go. Good weekend. Good song. Uh, uh, yeah. All's well. 
Uh, well, let's dive into our topic for today. And our topic for today is a topic that's really all over the news right now, all over our our culture right now. It's it's a hot topic. Uh, but you know, part of part of what we're doing here is we want to uh, talk about issues where faith and life collide, and this is one of those issues. Sometimes not saying something is saying something, right? Right. And I think historically, the church has often been known for for saying something by not saying something, right? And so, so I think that that's why this topic specifically is an important one for us to talk about. And today, um, uh, we're talking about the idea of life and the sanctity of life, and uh, in, in response to a lot that's going on in our culture with uh, new abortion laws and uh, and all that. And so. That's kind of where we're diving in today. Um, so to start off with, let me just ask a simple question. Well, let me make one statement first of all. We know that we don't have every perspective covered when it comes to this. And if you're listening to this, you might be tempted to turn off this podcast already. because Maybe, you, maybe you've had an abortion or, or, or whatnot. I want to encourage you, if you're listening, that's, that's where you're coming from. Don't turn it off. Listen to us. Uh, listen to us because regardless, maybe maybe you've had an abortion in the past. You need to hear that you that there's forgiveness there, and and we we can we can move forward together and not be divided. Is that fair to say? Well, sure. I think I think often uh, often when a topic comes up that we struggle with or we've got a history in, sometimes our tendency the is walls to shut down. and the defenses That's immediately right. come up. I, we don't want you to hear this One of the today. things we're trying to promote through the podcast is is to have an open mind and open heart to what the will of God may be for your life. Yeah. If you can do that, you're going to be on a good path yeah. because you're going to continue to learn and grow. And, you know, I we're all adjusting. I'm adjusting all the time. Yeah. The way right. that I feel and think about my life and things that I have to deal in my life. And that's our hope is through this conversation, we can all be a little bit more objective about where we are and where we want to be, right? And so in order to have a healthy conversation about life and sanctity of life and abortion and all that, we have to start off with, okay, what is life and, and where do we learn that? And so um, I guess we sh- a good place to start, I think, would be to say uh, uh, that the Bible teaches, and that's what we adhere to, the Bible teaches that life comes from God. God breathed into man the breath of life, through his nostrils, and he became a living soul. And what was special about that living soul? He is in the image of God. He's to be like God. It wasn't like anything else that had been created to that point. That's right. Yeah. And, and and so there's a there's a difference. I mean, to put it, there's a difference bluntly. between plant life and human life. Human. There's a difference between animal, animal yeah. kingdom and human life. And that is. The fact that humans are created in the image of God. Right. And so, and, and so let's talk about that for a second. What's that image? To be an image bearer yeah. of, of God. Uh, to to be able to think, decide, choose. Uh, to innately, because we're an image of God, we all have an innate uh, knowledge of right and wrong. We may not agree on what's right and wrong. We have an innate knowledge of right and wrong. There are certain basic things that we're all born with in that image that we don't like to admit it sometimes, but it's there, mm-hmm. I believe. So I would say that maybe is what sets us apart. Yeah. And it's a lot more than that, but we're not going to have 
Um, That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, though, I, I do want to throw this out. Yeah. The, the irony of this to me and what we're dealing with in our culture today is, and this is a whole big can of worms, okay, but it's the hypersensitivity that everyone has of being offended today, which I think <laughs> most people will agree, you know, go to our, the governor of Virginia, for example. Uh-huh. Yeah, big case going on right now. The hypersensitivity of everybody being offended so easily, and yet in this issue of the value of life or respect for life, it doesn't seem, those standards don't seem to apply for some reason by the same people that are that cry hypersensitivity a lot. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I'm going to be offensive, but yeah, I can elaborate on well, it. Well, okay, so... I think, yeah, I think we've talked no. about before. We have to allow some offense to be able to get better. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, offense is necessary. We we all acknowledge that. Like while our world says don't offend, don't offend, don't offense is necessary. Well, for instance, uh, there's not a bigger topic among the the children today in the school system than that of bullying. Bullying is a huge hot topic, and we don't want anybody to be bullied. And we go to extreme measures to make sure bullying doesn't happen. And you're going to report it. And you're da 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 da. But then, it's just, by the same token, we don't value life that way. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, if you're able to go to full-term pregnancy, for example, and still be able to hours before, this is where the debate, you know, in New York, to be able to end that life because there's only a matter of inches between uh, the birth canal and the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and you can end that life. That seems inconsistent. Right. Right. To protect, protect, protect. To protect, to protect, to protect, and then except for Mm -hmm. when it comes to the one thing that almost every law on our books is there to protect Mm -hmm. life. It's just bizarre to me. Yeah. It's a. It's just a very bizarre way of thinking to me. I don't know how we've gotten there, really. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion. Lots of confusion. But it comes back to other topics we've talked about. I think it's the selfishness mm-hmm. that we struggle innately with, too, because we have this part of us where our adversary's working on us, Satan's working on us to try to get us to think differently about life than God would have us think. So there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on. So, so we would say that it's important to, to defend life. Um, we, we would say that Scripture tells us that... Uh, Human life is a divine gift and something that we're responsible for, that we should cherish, that we should protect. Uh, and, and, and that being the case, we our argument or stance would be that no human has the right to take the life of another. Which is going to open up another topic. Yes, it is. <clears throat> with regard to capital punishment. Or self-defense. Or self-defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, this might be a four-week podcast. It might be. <laughs> so let's, let's talk today about, well, where do we want to go today? I mean, do we want to talk? Because we could talk about defending oneself or others. I mean, I'll out myself here today. I'm, I'm a minister. I'm also a self-defense uh, firearms instructor and carry a pistol. And I carry that pistol because I'm willing to shoot someone. If I wasn't willing to shoot someone, then I want to carry it. That being the case, but don't you find that's a strange paradox, though? 
in our culture today. Let me let me just yeah, share this. This is kind of because I think this is where the confusion comes in. I think that you would probably, if you were going to deem yourself, if all of us were going to deem ourselves, we'd probably say that we lean in the conservative. Please don't misunderstand that term. Conservative does not always mean obnoxious. But I would say that we would be, we would say that we are pretty much by nature conservative in our thinking, Yeah. which to me means biblical, but that's a whole other thing. So because of that, there are other people that would say, well, but your biblical standard is Jesus said, turn the other cheek mm-hmm. or, you know, don't and get, don't, don't retaliate, leave vengeance up to God. Right. Yeah. And yet we're all sitting here. You're, you just made a point yeah. saying, so how do you marry those two things? I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes in. How do you, how do you bring those two things together? It's interesting to me that sometimes on the liberal side of things, the people who claim, well, we should never, we should be passive, we should not be violent, are the same people that support abortion. Yeah. Which is kind of, that again, it, it's a it's a strange yeah. paradox yeah. Yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't quite understand. Well, well, I think part of it is we, I think Google has done a great job in many areas. I can find all kinds of information. But at the same time, I think there are a lot of Google warriors who will, will Google Bible verses about being passive and then that's their stance on, well, yeah, yeah. Is, you know. So my point is, um, from a biblical point of view, if you, I would argue if you know the heart of God, if you understand Scripture, the full picture of Scripture, you're going to see that, uh, yes, value life. But there's a difference in murder and unjustly taking a life and, uh and taking a life. Well, here would be a good example. We were talking earlier about uh, there's some serial killer things that are in our history as American. We were talking about some of that earlier. Um, to value life would be, in in that stance, would be to eliminate someone who's a serial killer. That's right. Okay. So by, by eliminating the serial killer, you're actually valuing life. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So I think that might be the difference of the view. To va- sometimes things have to, Hitler had to be eliminated in order to value life. Yes. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Well, yeah. So you're saying, well, are you valuing his life? Well, I, where's the lesser of evils in that? I mean, at some point, some you know, we have a responsibility to take action, which is like you're saying, I'm going to defend my family. If somebody threatens my family, and if I, quite honestly, if I have to, if you, if you're threatening my our lives, I'm going to take your life in a self-defense mode, because I'm not going to allow you, because I value your life, to take all of ours. You know, there is. Uh, you remind me. I'm, I'm looking up so so I don't say it wrong. There is a a Jewish teaching that I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's Hebrew, and it's called. Pekua Nefesh, all right? And, and this concept, this idea, it means to save a life, right? That's the, that's the idea of it, to save a life. And so Pekua Nefesh, uh, the preservation of human life was one of the most valued principles throughout Scripture in the, the first century uh, or the, in the Jewish world, Jew, Jewish history. Uh, if a person's was, life was in danger, then the, the law, the principle of saving a life, the Kuhn and Fesh, 
would would suspend every other law besides for three, which is kind of a wormhole here, but but it's, I think it's interesting. So here's the situation: somebody came and put a gun to my head and say, "You steal this bread, steal the bread," you know, to to to, or go steal this subject. The Jewish law says absolutely. You can do that. This is in Old Testament times. You can do that. Do it to save a life because saving a life is important. But there were three areas where that would, the other laws wouldn't be suspended in order to save a life. And that was with idolatry, with adultery, and with murder. Right? And I think that's kind of an interesting thing to, 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 to think about. So when you have the, the Jesus uh, walking or walking in the road and he's sitting there one day and he's got this guy whose belly is swollen from starvation in front of him. And it's the Sabbath day. You remember the story? And uh, and Jesus says to the Pharisees, hey, is it unlawful to heal on the Sabbath? He's kind of slapping them because he's saying, you know this principle to save a life, this is the heart of God is is for human life. You've got a guy here starving, but you won't do anything for him on the Sabbath because it's the Sabbath. And so he says, is it unlawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they don't say anything. And he reaches out and touches him and heals him and sends him on his way. He says, guys, which one of you, if your ox falls into a hole on the Sabbath, wouldn't jump in and save that ox? That, that's this principle of pekuin nefesh, of saving life. Life is so incredible. You're sounding very rabbi-ish. Rabbi-ish. Rabbinical. 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 Is that a word? That's a cool word. I like that. I'm saying it is. But that's a good point, you know, uh, because they're, what you're saying is, is that uh, there's the principle of, I hate to say this, but something their life will trump certain things. Yeah. So I mean, I'm going to go on a limb and be borderline offensive, but forgive me. You're forgiven. Life, bringing a child into this world, for example, is going to be uh, burdensome in many areas. Yeah. Children cost money. They cost time and energy and. it's an altering of life when you bring a child into this room, into this world. Now, the debate today, and some the the the, the new legislation that's being introduced and has been introduced, says that uh, for physical or mental health purposes, an abortion can take place. You can terminate a life for mental or physical burden on a mother. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is every child you bring to this world is going to be a All my burden. kids have been burdened. <laughs> and that's true. That's just true for everyone with kids. My kids have been burdened. Zach, you've got kids? No burden. No burden. <laughs> <laughs> Love my kids in case you listen to this. Well, that's burden. a different issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a great deal of self-sacrifice. When that's right. You're well, I read parents. there's some statistics released on this. Kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Um, only 1%... Uh, of uh, abortions, for example, that are done one to three percent. You know the numbers are strange, but one one to three percent have to do with the endangerment of a mother's life. That's right. And ninety five percent are because it's inconvenient, yeah, in some form or fashion. Now, what we've done is, is science is an amazing thing, and medical. Um, Technology is is incredible, and 
it has served us well, but it also becomes a little bit of a nemesis to us because then you have the justification of yeah. using that technology for things other than it's intended. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big dilemma that we're going to be facing in all areas of life, whether it's abortion, euthanasia, whatever it may be moving forward. And I think that, again, whatever God gives us for good, we turn around and use it to justify evil. Yeah. And uh, while there may be some extreme, ca- oh, the other category is, is less than 3% are rapes also. See, that's always this, when yeah, everybody argues this, yeah. they, you know, you get 3%. I mean, you know, I, I know that it's important 3%, but it's 3%. Yeah. That's not what abortion's being used for. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have to be careful about that. What's interesting to me, too, is I read some in- another interesting statistic. Since 1973, when the Roe versus Wade thing came into effect and abortion became legal, this is interesting. You guys have young kids will appreciate this. That child abuse has risen 1,500%. Hmm. So I'm wondering if there's a correlation. That made me wonder if there's a correlation between if you don't value life before birth, what is it? Maybe that has lent itself to not valuing it after birth. Well, there are laws that are being introduced now. So, so recently in New York, up to full term, and you can terminate the pregnancy, right. uh, which is a t- terrible thing. But but there are laws that are being introduced where a child would be born, revived if necessary. Wrapped in a blanket, put in the, you know, let's say a ICU bin, and then the conversation would ensue with the mother. Okay, what are your wishes moving forward? So it's not just abortion pre-birth. Yeah, it's gone to the next. It's going state, to the left, next left, level yeah, where right. a child can be born in a crib, and then the 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 decision can be made whether or not to terminate that child. I think this comes from that phrase viability and who is deciding viability why is it even a decision that we're making and there's a lot encompassed with it because not only are we able to abort after 24 weeks we can make decisions like you just described post post birth and so how do christians respond to what is viable we look to genesis and we see that life is valued we look in the old testament we see that God has put good things in place to protect it. And so I think that's what a lot of the issue is with Christians is who is deciding what is viable. But I mean, and in reality, it's gotten way too far. Like now we're thinking, oh, they've said you can decide if it's viable. And now we're engaging in this conversation. Well, well I think it would be maybe a mischaracterization to, to say that the church has been silent on this. As a whole, mm-hmm. um, I think. So, what's interesting to me, I remembered a story on the news there a couple of years ago, or within the like past couple of years. A mother had a baby in a bathroom at a subway station, uh-huh. threw it in the trash, yeah. and left. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, she got in trouble for that. Yeah. How is that different from what's happening now? And especially what you just described. It's because it's not yeah. medically sanctioned. That's yeah. the that's the only difference. 
Yeah. Which is again the inconsistency. Now let let me say something about this. This is this is important for us to get because I would I would have to say that our ministry at Leesburg uh, is maybe a little mm-hmm. bit different than other ministries in our area in terms of we don't get hung up on traditional uh, problems that other churches have. Mm-hmm. But issues like this make me understand why it was that our people who were before us had very cut and dry rules mm-hmm. when it came to you dress a certain way, you look a certain way, you present yourself a certain way if you're a Christ follower. Because I think in their in their mindset, and, and in all fairness, even though I've been critical of that mindset, publicly because it caused some damage to me as a young person. As I've gotten older, I kind of get it because what they're saying is, is that when you cross certain lines, the door, it's Katie bar the door. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've seen technologically. I mean, it's just medically, it's just been, it's just been an open. So if you draw some hard lines where maybe it's even uncomfortable, for example, let me just dress in the church, the way we present ourselves with, with our attire, and don't judge me today, but anyway, the way we present ourselves in, in church, there were some hard lines on that very simple social issue. You, you look a certain way, you give your best to God, period. The fear was not that there was anything wrong with wearing a pair of jeans or bib overalls, if that's all you had. That really wasn't the issue. The issue was, is this going to open up the door to immodesty and create other spiritual issues in the church. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so yeah. you have so you just draw a big strict line and say we're not going there. I know that sounds terrible, but I get it. And with with this idea of of life and abortion, you know, it's been, you know, this is why people hold their crazy signs up and they pick it and they call people bad names and they tell them they're murderers and everything. It, it's a it's a fear perspective of where it would lead. And ironically, we have seen it lead there. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. We're, we're seeing it. We're hearing it in the news every single day. So I'm not saying that's, a, that's the wrong response. I get that. But what is the right response? How do, we, how do we talk about this issue, educate people on this issue from a biblical, God-given perspective without sounding stupid either on either end of the spectrum? And that's why people are so confused about it. Yeah. Well, I think we have to. I, I, I think there has to be a hard line drawn. Life is life. And so abortion is every time always the wrong choice. That's where I'm leading. So if, if that's true, then our response is not blowing up abortion clinics. That's right. Our, our better response would be the to, to talk to about be the value the best, of life. Yes, and to be the best. Uh, uh, spokespersons and practitioners of adoption. If I value life, then I need to value life. Right. And I'm saying that, and, I, and even as I say that with you all and the listener hearing, an immense amount of, of guilt falls on me for that. I want so badly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know there's hypocritical. There's hypocrisy in my, in my voice by, by saying that because I haven't adopted but I think that's the right thing. You know what I mean? I don't think I can. Well, well why do you think? Let's 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 visit this issue of abortion for a second, okay? We're okay. we're talking in vague terms about life, but let's let's visit this issue of, of abortion. What is the motive for abortion? 
the motive? Yeah, what, why would people pursue an abortion? Because they don't want a child. Okay, and why would they not want a child? Well, there's, it, it could be financially motivated. It could be uh, uh, environment. It could be maybe they don't like who the other biological parent is. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there's yeah. a lot of yeah. there's a lot of contributing yeah. factors to that, right? So maybe what the issue that we need to talk about is why why what what would be the reason that that would be an option for you? Well, don't yeah yeah. Well, there's I mean, I think I hear what you're saying. Maybe we need to talk more about the the place and the practice of sex. Is That's, that yeah right? I, yeah? So God gave us these rules, this way of living that leads to human flourishing. When we act against those wishes and those those rules, then we have. Yeah, I'm doing air quotes. You can't consequences. Then we have to make choices. And then we have to make choices. And in our carnal nature or sinful nature, our choices then would be to try to fix a mistake That's rather right. than trying to repent or change. That's right. Regarding the choice that you've made. And the other part of that is as a corporate body, so we have a young woman who is having sex outside of marriage and finds herself pregnant. In her today, she will be faced with that option. Do you want to have an abortion? We, as the corporate body of the church, right, the local manifestation of the of the the kingdom, we need to make sure that we are living and loving in a way where she is not. This pregnancy is not the sin. I think we've done that historically. We've treated yeah. young women who get pregnant as well, you're pregnant because you're sinful. That life, even though it was not intended, that life is still precious. Yeah. And what a wonderful blessing. Because it wasn't intended by you. That's right. And I think a lot of the message from the church has been shame-motivated. That's right. And so to reverse how we respond. Yeah, yeah. So we need to love on that young lady and say, hey, look, we will support you. We'll partner with you. The sex is the sin. That baby is not. You know what I'm saying? Well, the sex outside of marriage. That's, that's, that's right. Yeah. 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 So I think there's like, rather than fixing the mistake, <clears throat> repentance is a more difficult way of reshaping your heart toward the issue. Yeah. So, which, you know, people, you know, the easier definition of repentance is to turn away from sin and turn back to God. Um, but moving forward, pregnant, you, there's a whole other slew of difficult conversations you gotta have and hard decisions to make about who you're around and what you're doing so that you can be repentant. And let, and let me just add, you know, our, our, the people that we uh, allow because they're spirit-filled of God and wrote the scripture were some of the people who were the most guilty of this. But because of their repentance, God was able to not only restore them, but use them. I mean, yeah. think about it. The Apostle Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, murdered people and had them murdered, thinking that he was doing a good thing, which is, I'm sure, what most people think when they do stuff like this. Mm -hmm. 
But he allowed God to transform his thinking. And can you imagine how difficult it was for him in his culture to then wave the banner for God when everybody, when the same people he's talking to say, wait a minute, you, you had my parents killed. And now you're telling me you repent. See, there, there's always consequential effect of making a change. But the difference was, is that 2,000 years later, we're, we're, we're reading, we're it. still talking about it, yeah. you know, because that made such a huge impact. And I think that ought to be the message of hope that people receive when they make that choice to say, you know what? I wasn't doing life correctly. I'm not, I've not been doing life correctly. Therefore, I can, I have a, I have a, a, a means and a, and a pathway that God has provided for me to turn it around and do something special and good with it. And I think that's the message the church needs to give to these, these particularly young women who find themselves unexpectedly or unwantedly, both, uh, with child, and they don't know what to do. Right. And I think that's where the, I think this is the huge part of why the church as an institution then becomes very, very important. Because um, a lot of people are putting down the institution of the church today. Mm -hmm. This is where that support and encouragement yeah. becomes very important. When when the wheels fall off of life, you better have you better have some backup. Yeah. And exactly. if you don't, if you're going to try to find the answers on social media, you're probably going to come up short. That's right. Yeah, that's just my opinion. That's right. That's right. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. So, with that in mind, like for the listeners who maybe have not been to church or you know have questions about that. You know, the next step in that, like, how do you renew your mind? How do you change your heart? Um, like, some of these choices, kind of from my perspective at least, seem like they're not, they're doing the best they can with that choice, whatever that choice is, but they don't fully understand the implications of it. They don't understand the value of life. We have media and movies and video games that tell you, it's okay to take life and things. And so where do you go? You know, Todd, I agree. I, I agree there's a lot. And that's why I said this, there's a lot of confusion. But I do think innately every human being kind of gets this. And I never understood this till I went on a mission trip, my first foreign mission trip. And when I went into the remote parts of India where they had no Bible, no value system, never had heard faith, they still knew it was wrong to steal their neighbor's chicken. How they know it was wrong? Because innately, it's it's there. God didn't teach them that. They they have the they are bearers of the image of God mm -hmm. in them. So I would say that while that's true, they may not have the full knowledge of what God has in store for them. I do think innately they that everyone knows that there's a difference. I think every person who's faced with the choice of abortion knows if they were aborted, they wouldn't be here. You see what I'm saying? So th there is some knowledge there, but I think then it's a struggle against the flesh of saying what's what's going to be best for my life moving forward. Then you get in a whole selfish conversation. And, you know, I was watching this past week, I was watching a video uh, interview with a, a woman who worked with Planned Parenthood. And she made the comment that stood out to me in that she said, you know, I take this serious. I take this, 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 this thing serious, abortion serious, because I'm providing a service for women that women need. And, and, and I value what we're doing. And I cry with every mother 
or every woman who's come in and got an abortion. Afterward, I'll sit there and I will cry with them. And that stood out to me. I thought, well, then why, if this is a good thing and a good choice, then why would you cry? I think that's the Imago Dei. Yeah. It's just, it's in there. Yeah, like you, like you know, you know this, you know, so that just stood out to me like, but now we have, you know, we have uh, protests and stuff that are going on and, and this, this almost, my description of it would be vile, uh, uh, glorification of, of, of abortion. You know, my body, my choice, my body, my choice, you know, I'm thinking, there's no way you can be that disconnected. The stance yeah. and the stance of my body, my choice, and the reality of tears in an abortion clinic yeah. don't they don't go hand in hand. Do you do you understand? I mean, does do people really get where that philosophy leads? I mean, why is it that a a serial killer again, who has obviously no uh, relationship with God, why do they hide the bodies? <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. understand what I'm saying? If it's not wrong in their mind, even as vile as they are, why would they hide the body? That's that's yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean if they have no sense of right and wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then to escalate things a little further, let's rewind to Nazi Germany. When 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 one people group, I don't care if it's black or white, man or woman. When, when we start valuing some lives as not worthy, that's what happens. Yeah. Again, it justifies, you open up the box. That's right. You open up a, a box that we really don't want to go down to. Because here's the thing. If I have the, the, the opportunity and the privilege to be able to say this life doesn't matter, then someone else might have the opportunity and the privilege to say my life doesn't matter. And isn't it interesting that the same people who, who are critical of the Holocaust, for example, and all that went with it, are some of the same proponents of this. Yeah. And I, that that kind of baffles me a little bit. I, I'm going to, can we yeah. move the conversation? Yeah. I want to move to Zach for a second. Uh, he's our student minister here, going to be our family life minister starting in March. Uh, I'm just curious, Zach, I'm just curious if you have a teenage girl that comes to you and she is confiding in you before she goes to her parents and she is telling you that you and Kelsey that she's pregnant, mm -hmm. what, what guidance would, do you, have you ever thought about that scenario? Have you ever given thought to what you would do to help a young lady in that position? Yeah. And this is a time when I'm just going to be absolutely serious. We, we would, we would exhaust whatever resources that we had to make sure that she First of all, I, I do want her to feel loved and accepted, but I do want her to know that she did make the wrong decision, and let's not do that right there again. By by having, yeah, a well, relationship outside of okay, marriage. That was the yeah, wrong yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. that that was the wrong decision. And so to compound on that, yeah, would be it. And then I don't want to make the wrong decision and tell her that her that it's over, that somebody's going to hate her. There might be people that don't like what happened i'm not gonna like what happened it's gonna definitely be more difficult but there are places that will help with this us as a church and people in the church organizations outside of the church that we partner with so there's a lot of resources there to uh to allow her life to not be so inconvenienced by this new life that they have going on so um 
But, but life is inconvenient. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And with that inconvenience, blessing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the greatest reward in life yeah. is love, and the greatest thing that breaks our heart is love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, John, why don't we talk about, a, a, a quickly throw a plug in for the resource that we have available mm-hmm. here. We actually partner with Not Alone Pregnancy Center, and they are hosting their annual Sanctity of Life banquet. That's going to be on March 8th at 630. That's a Friday at the Georgetown Conference Center. Um, those tickets are $30, and that is all to just fund what they do. And what they do is they aid women who find themselves unexpectedly or unwantedly pregnant. They help them get through the pregnancy to move toward adoption or parenting. Um, and they, they subsidize, like, doctor's appointments. They do ultrasounds. They just give them really great prenatal care right here um, so that they understand that it is possible to value life. And then follow-up resources, I understand, right. as well. Is that right. correct? Yeah. Right. And that's located where? That is downtown Georgetown. It's right on Main Street um, next to Subway. So you could actually get online and Google or look on their website, yes. Not Alone Pregnancy Center. Right. You can actually get their tickets online, um, or you can get them through church. So you can Google Sanctity of Life Banquet, Not Alone Pregnancy Center. There's a link to get tickets. Um, You can also get those through Leesburg. And so if someone is desperate and they just walked in the front door of that place, could they do that? Oh, absolutely. I'm playing advocate here, but yeah. But in the name is, in the name of this organization is a catalyst or it's an idea that it tells of a catalyst towards abortion. And that's because of a lot of these unwanted pregnancies, these mm-hmm. unplanned pregnancies, the father will come through there and say, we don't want to have this. I've heard of cases where it's a deadbeat boyfriend to a very rich and powerful person saying, I'm not going to have that kid. I'm going to deny that kid. And so what are they supposed to do? They feel and alone. I'd say that yeah. this right here came from that. They feel alone. Yeah. Absolutely. They feel alone. And so, um, but that, that's definitely something that we would try and make sure that they knew mm-hmm. that they were not alone. And so I love the name of it, love the organization. And we here at Leesburg want to be helpful in bridging those gaps for people, too, and transition, uh, whatever transition they find themselves in trying to make those choices. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think one of the things that people are concerned about, particularly young women, are probably cons- concerned about their privacy on some of that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, I, I just kind of want to reassure everyone that we will do our best to be as discreet about it as we possibly can to assist mm-hmm. anyone who's pursuing help. Yeah. Well, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to make sure we, we throw out a couple things uh, along with that practical uh, resource, the Nylon Pregnancy Center. Uh, if, if you're listening, maybe you're listening and you've, you've had an abortion before, I hope you hear that look, we, we, we don't hate you. We don't think you're, you know, an evil person. There's forgiveness that is sin, but there's forgiveness that's possible through Jesus Christ. And we will love you, and and, and he loves you uh, even now. Um, the other practical advice that we can give is um, kind of preventative, and that's God has a plan and a design for sex, mm-hmm. right? And so when we follow God's standards for living, God's got a standard for sex, and sex is not a consequence of sex it's a byproduct of sex and so if you 
if you're going to have sex. Pregnancy. Pregnancy I, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pregnancy is not a, a consequence of sex. It's a right. byproduct of sex. And yeah. so, um, uh, uh, so that there's, God has a plan for sex and sexuality, and pregnancy is a part of that. And so the best way to not be unexpectedly present, pregnant is to not have sex. Yeah. Outside of marriage. Yeah. Outside of God's. I guess the third thing that would be important to point out is maybe you're listening today and you just found out you're pregnant. Uh, uh, we would encourage you to, to have a conversation with us. Absolutely. Have a conversation at the Nylon Pregnancy Center. Um, uh, we would we would beg you not to uh, abort that child. Yeah. Um, uh, let me was, just add, even under the best of circumstances, pregnancy is scary. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> under the yeah. very best of circumstances, yeah. this is you there's no pass on that. Yeah. It's scary for everybody. Regardless of your social economical status, whatever, married, not yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it is scary for everybody. Fear of that is a very natural response. That's right. Don't allow it to overwhelm you to making a choice that you possibly could regret later. Yeah. And there's a lot of stats, by the way, that we haven't talked about right. with regard to um, abortion lending to problems in future pregnancies right. and the guilt and the depression and a lot of things that we haven't discussed. But that's, you know, if you need that kind of counsel, that's available for you. And we've already alluded to where you can go get that. Final words. Uh, life is valuable. Everybody's made in the image of God and that needs to be respected. Yeah. Um, you're going to find people here that are going to love you no matter what you think about you. And so we just want to encourage that if you are, if you're wrestling with what to think about abortion or if you're pregnant and you're evaluating your options, um, we just want to encourage you to visit somewhere that can show you the full picture of, of what you can do moving forward. Yeah, don't believe the lie that you are alone. You are not alone. There's people that's walked through this. I've talked with people who have had abortions, have thought about it, um, and there's a lot of resources out there, so don't believe that lie. That this is the only decision that you have. Um, talk to someone about it, and we're here for that. Uh, if you're somebody who's struggling with uh, sins that you committed, whether it be premarital sex, whether you've had an abortion, uh, whatever your sin might be, just remember that uh, through repentance and forgiveness, um, you you can st- God still has a plan for your life. He still loves you, right. and He still wants to use you. Uh, it's not too late. Don't ever think that you've gone so far that God can't love you. It, until this until this world is over, you can turn it around. I promise. Absolutely. And I would just say that God promises, which is even more important, that Absolutely. all things work together for the good yeah. for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So. If you surrender your will to him, I don't care what your situation is. And we all got a story as well. God can use that story for something good and positive if you look for that. And I think that's a much better way to go through life. (laughs) Absolutely. John, final words? Uh, I guess my final thought idea would be that um, I think we all need to think about encouraging and looking toward Worst case scenario, adoption and fostering and, and that and, and valuing life on the back end. And that historically, I think, is where the church has been quieter than should. The, I, I think the day will come where uh, church-ran or, uh, orphanages will will 
happen again. And I, and and truthfully, I, I hope that happens. Yeah, maybe you started. You got a house. Lunch home. Extra rooms. Do you just want those little kids coming up asking for some more? Is that what you want? No? <laughs> <laughs> I had this conversation. Anyway, look. Hey, the church as a whole has dropped the ball, John. Yeah, we yeah, all know that. your life on the back end also, yeah. right? And that yeah. means supporting uh, children in our communities. That's why, and, and that's another reason why ministries like the backpack ministry are, are important, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's that's it. Hey guys, I'm glad you've turned tuned in today. Uh, tune in next week for another uh, hot take, I guess. Yeah. All right. Bye. 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 God bless you. Everybody. See ya. See ya.